the development of Keontae George's voice that is key to when he gets pushed forward. Next on Locked on Jazz. You are Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked On Jazz. Today, Will Hardy with some really interesting comments about the development of Keontae George's voice, which is another little indicator of when is it going to be time for Keontae to take the next step and take a larger role that everyone is dying for him to take. Looking at the world from a 240-game viewpoint rather than a game-to-game viewpoint, turnovers. 11 of them in the second quarter. What caused them? We'll analyze it and look at it. And I know Will Hardy's an offensive coach, but at what point does he have to just say, you know what, we're going to defend first. These are all of the questions I have for you today on Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan each and every day. Thank you very much for making Locked on Jazz your first Listen every single day. We are free and available on all podcasting apps, including YouTube. And thank you to the everydayers. Let me take a second to the everydayers and all you Jazz fans that are out there. Um, Obviously, this is not a great start to the season. The Jazz currently ranked 29th in differential out of 30 teams. We ranked 30th in a bunch of categories. We've played eight games. We're two and six. We've been blown out in four of them. like, the, it's real. Um, so, I was thinking about this tonight, or today, last night, whatever. Um, like, how do I do this show? First of all, I care as passionately as you do about the Jazz. And I, I know how important the Jazz are to you. So, I'm taking this show just as seriously if we're 20 and 62 than if we're 62 and 20. So, let me just say that. And I probably hear, read more Reddit, Twitter than I should. So I know what's out there. I'm not here to fight you. I'm here to be with you. But I have access to why things are taking place and how they're taking place. Some of entirely, which I, honestly, some of which I, I will share and some of which I have to just allude to and some of which I can't share at all. But my goal here, if in fact we're on our way to a 20 and 62 season, is to be with you for the ride and try to explain, not fight you, on why things are taking place, when they're taking place, how they're taking place, and whether or not like it's happening as fast as you want or something like that, try to give you that explanation. And I cannot tell you, in the midst of that, how much I appreciate those of you that are going to stick with this. Well, the Jazz are the most important thing you've got, one of the most important things in your life, and regardless of 62 and 20 or 20 and 62, you're going to uh, stick with us. I don't know what's coming, if things are going to be rectified. It doesn't, right? It feels right now like we could really, like this is, feels like a real struggle. And we've got some guys not playing well, um, and the question has got to be like, are they just not playing well? Or has something happened? Or 
are they have they been pushed beyond where they're capable, and therefore they're it's actually not going to change. Th- those are big questions. I, I don't know. I have those. But here's an example today. So I get it. Everyone's clamoring for Keontae. And when the guards commit 21 turnovers, 11 in the second quarter, not the guards didn't commit all the 21 turnovers, but most of them. And we turn the ball over five of our first six possessions of the second quarter. I, I, I got it. Like, just change something for the sake of change. 100%. And as I said on yesterday's program, trying to do exactly what I said, like one of the things that you have to be really careful about is if, and I think the number one thing you actually have to try to avoid is one of two things. You go to Keontae too early. And if you go to Keontae too early, the two things that would be problematic are one, if you go so early that you lose the locker room along the way and then Keontae is fighting an uphill battle internally, that, that would be a big part of it. And two would be if you go to Keontae before he's ready because everybody else is playing badly. And then Keontae shoots like 36% and 25% from three and you go 0-10 or 1-9. Like that's bad too. So those were the two things I brought up yesterday. I thought Will had a really interesting comment about where he's pushing Keontae right now. And where he's pushing Keontae right now is his voice. And basically what he's saying is like, hey, and we saw it last night. Like, there was a play last night where Keontae's waiting for something. Collins in the wrong spot. Play doesn't run correctly. Will brings them both over and tells Colin. What Will wants is Keontae to tell Colin. That's, as Will pointed out, an awkward, difficult thing for a 19-year-old to do. Like, hey, John Collins, nine-year veteran, you're not running the play right. You need to be here. That's what... Will is asking out of Keontae right now. And until two things, until Keontae can do that, you can't really ask him to be your primary ball handler and lead the team until he's got enough of a voice internally to be able to say, hey, Kelly, over there. Hey, John, over there. Hey, Colin, over there. And as a 19-year-old with no connection to anyone on the team, no one really to hang out with right now, you don't, that's not a natural thing. That, so these are the things, like I hadn't thought about that. I thought that was a really interesting, insightful comment from Will last night. These are the things that Will's looking at as the coach saying, okay, like the kid's clearly unnaturally comfortable at 19 years old on the floor. He looks great. We're asking him to be the primary ball handler and a little bit on a team of introverts the voice, right? Lowry's trying, but that's not his deal. And Will has talked about decision-making and how they opened the year trying to do the collective guard thing, but then they had too many voices talking. Like last year, he says, hey, it was Mike Conley. Last year was unbelievable. I talked to Mike Conley. Mike Conley talked to the team. And like all of the communication was really simple and straightforward. He said, what happened this year is, You'd come out, and one guy would call one play, another guy would call another play because they both thought they were kind of collectively running the show, and now they've narrowed it. Like, Colin, you're you're going to probably be off the ball most of the time, and Talon, Keontae, and Jordan are going to be a collection of guys on the ball depending on the lineups, but we're going to – and they're going to be the communicators. So Keontae is one of those communicators, and, and what Will, you know, shared last night is like – 
we're pushing him to develop that voice, give him the confidence, let him know it's okay. Like if the, even Walker, right? Walker is 22, Keontae's 19. Talon is 23, Keontae's 19. Ochai is 24, he's 19. These are big differences. Keontae was in eighth grade when these guys were like seniors in high school. And they're not that far off that. So this is part of Keontae's development. So as we sit there, and it, hey, after 21 turnovers and 11 in the second quarter, it might happen tomorrow. But if we're wondering, like, why not? Like, we're two and six. Why not? These are the why nots. And this is an example of what I hope to be able to do for you as a Jazz fan as we roll through this season. Like, little, t- I thought it was fascinating. I, luckily enough to sit in a room and hear that, understand what he just said, think about practice, hear it, see it in the game. Yeah, like, that's it. So that's it. The other one that is going on, and this is probably in the category if I I can't share the detailed X's and O's because I would be doing a disadvantage to the team. But Will has made early this year a bunch of significant changes to the way we're doing things in the name of 240 games. What is going to take this franchise to be its best when it's time to be great? Right? This roster, as it's constructed, we were hoping that it was going to be the 10th team in the play-in. And, frankly, it could still straighten itself out and get there, and there's enough injuries going on around the league already that it might be able to get there with 36 wins. Um, Seems unlikely, but possible. The 36-win part. Turning it around? I don't know. Um... So, Will has really made some adjustments of like, you know what, this is how we're going to do things because when it's time for us to be great, this is how we're going to have to do things. An example of that is the zone. Will fundamentally believes that when you're at the peak level, you have to have a multitude of defenses. Now, is the zone maybe the best thing for them to do right now to try to win a game? Like the other night, they scored on six of seven possessions against the zone. And so you're coaching that individual night, and you're like, what's going on? But Will's doing a lot more coaching of, like, where we need to get this franchise to down the road. And we as fans and announcers are like, game to game. Let's go beat Indiana tonight. And that's our game, and that's our night. And there's some things that are going, driving, they're going to drive us bananas, where Will's like, oh, that's okay. Because this is all part of a process and you kind of got to trust it. And I'm watching it happen in person. And I feel reassured as a jazz fan in that regard. Okay. So those were the two things today. They won't be something every day. Um, and I hope that makes sense to you. Uh, if you have comments on the YouTube comment zone, please do. If you have thoughts, feel free to hit me on, um, D lock zero nine on X. Today's show is brought to you by Murdoch Hyundai, located at 4646 South State Street, also located in Logan and in Linden. The Hyundai lineup of cars is absolutely outstanding. The new Kona has people buzzing. The Palisade has always been beautiful in the SUV lineup. We've bought two of the Santa Fe's already. The sedans are the Sonata and the Elantra. The Sonata won the car of the year. The Elantra won the car of the year. And then their X, then all of their Electric cars came out, the Ionic 5 and the Ionic 6, and they have wowed everyone for their affordability and their award winning. The SUV of the year was the Ionic 5, and now the Motor Trend Car of the Year, or the Car of the Year is, it's not Motor Trend, it's somebody else. Car of the Year is the Ionic 6, the electric. Those are all at Murdoch Hyundai at 4646 South State Street in Murray and in Logan and in Linden. If you're going to stop by, please take a moment and let me know and email me at dlock.com. 
DLock09 at gmail.com, and I'll set you up with a VIP meeting so that we can make sure that you get the VIP experience that you deserve. Today's show is also brought to you by the official sports book of Locked On, as well as partner of the NFL. It is FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel Sportsbook, where you can get into all the action, have an absolutely fabulous time. And right now, if you are a first-timer, listen to this to get on board. This is pretty great. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app's easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on for the NFL or the NBA season. There's all sorts of great opportunities on FanDuel right now taking place for you. They have such fun lines. Uh, right now, they have a seven-leg parlay on the front for all you soccer fans out there, or I guess that would be football. Um, over on the NBA, things have end of things. Uh, I can't imagine there's many bets on rookie of the year right now, right? Oh my gosh, is he incredible. Victor just wowing us all the time at the NBA finals right now. Boston is plus 370. The Bucks are plus 410. Denver's plus 500. Phoenix plus 600. The Clippers dropped to 1300. The most likely matchup, the Boston Celtics versus the Denver Nuggets. I think most people would probably agree with that. Our MVP leading candidate is Nikola Jokic, followed by Luka Doncic. Joel Embiid, Jason Tatum, Steph Curry, and Shea Gilgis-Alexander. What about Donovan? And our Defensive Player of the Year, Evan Mobley plus 800, Jaron Jackson plus 800, Rudy plus 800. Rudy's going to win Defensive Player of the Year again. They're the number one defense in the NBA. It's all at FanDuel.com slash Locked On. Thank you very much for making Locked On Jazz your first listen of the day. All right. I didn't know if we were going to do this. I think it's actually really interesting. And partially because I think I kind of told you guys something that wasn't true. So I'm going to look at, I don't know whether I legally can show you the video or not. So um, I'm going to walk you through our 21 turnovers. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it'll be really fun. Okay, so maybe it won't be fun. But it's actually really interesting because it's a collection of things. It's a 22 turnovers. And it's a collection of both plays that, like, frankly, should make that are really fundamentally basic and stuff where our lack of spacing and lack of outside shooting is a problem. But on the other end, I'm getting less sympathetic to some of this in the sense that this has been going on all year and our guards have got to learn, like, okay, if I get too deep, I'm dead. So the first turnover of the night was a set play. They always set the first play. Walker Kessler gets in the post. He does exactly what the play is supposed to be, which is a lob to John Collins, except for the fact that Chicago has covered it perfectly. Our next turnover, Taylor Horton Tucker brings the ball up, terminates his dribble up top, and then is stuck because he just terminated the dribble without really – there was no reason to terminate dribble. There's no pressure on him. Jordan was coming up to run a slip screen. They're supposed to run small, small. Lowry's going to kind of go back door. He throws it over Lowry's head out of bounds. Lowry's totally guarded. That one's pretty inexplicable. Here's Talon driving into the teeth of the defense in a fast break. He's supposed to do this. However, looking back at this, he's got to move this basketball cross court to Lowry. They've been practicing this play every day in shoot around. Talon's got the top of the key. There's three guys there because no one's guarding Jordan Clarkson on the right side. No one's guarding. We have a trailing big. No one's got a trailing player. No one's guarding him. And he's got to 
in the transition, bring it up and switch sides quickly to Lowry. Instead, Talon drives the lane, gets inside, and by the time he wants to pass it back to Lowry, he's surrounded by three guys falling on the ground and turns it over. So that's those that's unnecessary. Like they've put in a coaching system to solve that. The next one, Collins now the decision maker. John Collins comes and sets the pick, and he passes to John Collins, and John has the perfect idea. First thing that's important about this. So it's a pick and roll between Colin. Colin gives it to John. Kelly Olenek, who's one of our better three-point shooters in the right corner. Andre Drummond is on top of the restricted circle, standing there. Kelly Olenek is in the corner. Andre Drummond's supposed to be guarding Kelly Olenek. He's just not guarding him at all. Somebody I can't see in our pictures underneath the basket. So DeMar DeRozan's underneath the basket as well. And Alex Caruso, who was originally on Colin Sexton, leaves Colin Sexton, comes from behind, and knocks the ball away from John Collins. I'm going to go that this is actually just a pretty dang good play by Alex Caruso, but it's also like a sign of how little anyone is leaving the paint against us at all. Uh, John Collins could have been a little quicker. He wasn't totally on balance. Eh. Colin might have been able to get the pass there a second earlier. Let, let's just give Alex Caruso a lot of credit. That's a hell of a play. Like, he recognized it, saw it. A lot of guys wouldn't make that play. Okay, our next one. This is some of the stuff that's absurd. Quite honestly, absurd. The next one is Chris Dunn throws a pass to Ochai Abaji, and they actually just can't connect. Like, they just look like a New York Jets quarterback. They just don't connect. Like, it's a pass. It's a two-hand pass, fundamental, one guy to the other, and they don't connect on it. Like, that's not okay. Horton Tucker has it. Left-hand drive. Patrick Williams is big and strong. They switch the pick and roll. Horton Tucker and Lowry. Patrick Horton Tucker drives. He runs into Patrick Williams with his right shoulder and just with a left hand. And Talon's left hand causes a lot of these turnovers tonight. He loses the ball out of bounds. This is now the beginning of the second quarter where we turn it over five of our first six possessions. Talon starts the offense with a pass to the wing to Chris Dunn. It's overplayed by Javon Carter. And again, literally just passing the basketball from one guy to the other. We throw it away. So while I make the comment on the air, you know, our guards are driving in the lane. They're getting stuff because there's no spacing. And that's where our turnovers are coming from. I don't think I was right. Like, in a sense, we're... Eight turnovers in right now, and that actually hasn't happened. So that's my fault last night. I'm sorry. I think I was wrong on that. Okay, here's Chris Dunn. Drives into the lane. Stop. Drives with the left hand. Spins back to his right hand. Taylor Horton Tucker's at the top. His man is inside the free throw line. Ochai Abaji is wide open in the right corner, and Lowry Markkinen has his man pinned. Andre Drummond is supposed to be guarding Lowry Markkinen. He's actually inside the restricted cycle. And John Collins' spacing, I have to go back and watch why this happened. But John Collins is literally standing in front of Chris Dunn as Chris Dunn tries to drive. So Collins set the pick, and he rolled. And then Chris Dunn didn't proceed with the drive, so John Collins just doesn't continue his roll and decides he probably should get to the corner. It's a little bit undone for, like, flipping around, not liking his left hand, wanting to get to his right hand. And Dunn goes to that corner, and er, Collins goes to that corner. We're now badly spaced. Probably should pull out of this play. Instead, Dunn takes one too many dribbles and tries to get it to Ochai, and it gets stolen. Ochai was wide open, one dribble earlier. That's a case where our guards have got to start recognizing one dribble earlier. Here's Dunn again. 
Dunn comes to get the ball. He's on the right wing, isolated. He's going to take a left-hand drive into the paint. Again, all four, they're not guarding Talon. So Patrick Williams comes down, reaches in, knocks it away. They give the credit to DeRozan, but it was Patrick Williams. And Chris Dunn, who's not great with his left hand, turns the ball over. Dunn always wants to get back to his right hand. That's just driving the lane and literally losing, literally losing it. Now Jordan. Jordan gives to Lowry. Lowry gets it back. Jordan drives. As Jordan drives, there's literally five guys in the paint. As he starts his drive, all five Bulls guys have a foot in the paint. I don't know where Jordan thought he was going to get to because he's not elevating over Vukovic. Instead, he goes up and he tries to throw a pass to Walker in the dunker, and he throws a 90-mile-an-hour pass over his head for a turnover. Lowry commits an offensive foul on a moving screen. Fine. It was, I don't actually think it was a good call. As Now it's just piling up. Next play is Collins. Offensive foul again on a moving pick. He hands it off. I don't think that was a great call either, frankly. Um, now, Keontae. Keontae, by the way, we uh, Keontae in this st- sequence gets an eight-second violation that goes as a team turnover, not his, where he couldn't get the ball up the court with Javon Carter just in on him. Um, this is Keontae now throws a pass to Kelly Olenek. Kelly Olenek's not expecting the pass. We literally pass it off of his right shoulder. Like, it's comically too bad at this point. Um, now we're at the end of the second quarter with 38 seconds left, and Keontae drives the lane, and he stops. He does a great job. Keontae spins, gets in lane, stops, realizes there's nothing there, throws it back out to Jordan. Jordan drives with his left hand into traffic, Jumps, and by the time he jumps, he's got three guys suffocating him, and all five bull players are in the paint. Ochai is wide open on the right side. Keontae's guy is inside the red paint. Whoever's in the left corner's guy has now come down and swiped at it. DeRozan is literally just leaving his man and double teaming or uh, at times tonight. And then as Clarkson's now fault coming to the ground, he tries to throw the pass over three guys to Ochai in the corner, which is the right play about a dribble and a half earlier. And he throws it away. Just literally throws it right to him. And here to open the third quarter, Jordan drives with the left hand into Levine. Takes the big Euro step. Can't get off the ground on the last one. It's just being guarded. There's nobody suffocation around him. He's just being guarded. But John Collins and Walker Kessler are both in the paint. The spacing is way off on this play. I don't know why. And Jordan now is caught and just throws the ball to Kobe White. Here's Talon. Talon swings it up side. Clarkson drives. Again, just gets in trouble. Can't beat his man. Jordan's not beating anyone as part of the problem. His defender is always still between him and the basket. Now he's got two guys on him. He's trying to get out of it. He throws it out to the wing, but he travels first. And by, t- I mean, by the time you stop and pick up your dribble in the paint right now with us against, against these teams, you're getting three guys on you. Talon, high pick and roll, left-hand dribble, just lost the dribble. So it's not as much, some of it, like on Jordan's stuff, is that there's no spacing, you get in the paint, we're just getting suffocated. But some of it also is just fundamental, like we're rushed, we're out of rhythm, we're pressing, Colin Sexton, discontinued dribble, like, that's not really, like, you're just uncomfortable. We have no rhythm, no vibe, everyone's trying to do the best they can. Keontae comes off and on, is going one-on-one on Andre Drummond and just gets stripped by Andre Drummond. I mean, Keontae's a little looser with the dribble than 
he probably needs to be if he's going to be the primary ball handler. He gets he gets this once or twice a night. And then Kelly Olenek steps out of bounds, and, like, we can just stop. There's one more, but, like, who cares? Uh, Clark's an offensive foul. Um, shoves off with a left-hand offensive foul. So my point on this, like, why would you possibly drag me through that? My point is I was actually wrong. It's not entirely we're driving into the middle lane and getting suffocated and there's nowhere to go. It's our guards are going too deep into a lane and we have no spacing. But there's also a lot of just like left-hand dribble losing the dribble. There's just a lot of like spinning back to the right hand into traffic turnovers. There's discontinued dribble turnovers. So some of it's just super fundamental. And when that's happening with NBA players, that's not because they suddenly suck. They're 450 greatest players in the world. 300 of them like get to play. These guys are amazing. It's that they're so out of rhythm and so out of sorts and so uncomfortable right now as a group that they just are all pressing and making mistakes they've never made before. It's too bad. Will Hardy says offense is the currency of the NBA. He's right. It is. But at what point do you maybe decide you have to go defense first? We'll talk about it next as we continue on Locked on Jazz. Today's show is brought to you in part by Jace Medical. J-A-S-E. Jace Medical. Jace Medical is really interesting in uncertain times with lack of clarity of what's going on and crazy stuff from shutdowns because your town's on lockdown to wild climate change events to whatever it might be. Uh, It is a time where Jace Medical can be there to make sure that you control what you need to control and where and be so you're not caught unprepared. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. And Jace Medical handles everything from online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery, to ongoing consultation and care. So here's how it works. All it takes is go to Jace Case, is to get a Jace Case, is to fill out an online form, and in some cases, jump on a quick call with one of the board-certified physicians, get ongoing care from your physician on any treatment-related questions. Doctor created, doctor recommended. The Jace Case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. So go to Jace Medical. You can also go to YouTube, by the way, and get an explainer on this if you'd like to. So go to Jace Medical, and Locked On will get you $20 off your first purchase. So, And if you have somebody you want to gift, give a gift card to who might need this, it's great idea. So get online right now. Go to JaceMedical.com. Receive your 12-month supply of your daily medication. And remember to use the promo code Locked On at checkout at a discount as well. Uh, again, if someone else is in your life, you can give them peace of mind as well. Jace Medical, J-A-S-E, medical.com. Will Hardy says that he is a offensive coach and offensive currency, and I think he's dead right. That is where the game is. And this is where I'm no longer following my own advice of like, hey, we got to coach. Will's coaching this team for 240 games from now, not to win against Indiana. Part of me just wonders, like, do you just throw out your five best defensive players? Like, I don't know who they are. But our we're currently ranked 28th in league defensively. San Antonio and Washington are worse. And our half-court defense is 30th in the NBA. 
And Indiana scored 150 points the other night and could probably do it again if we're not careful. Um, and I don't know what that is. Like, we start Chris Dunn and Ochai Abaji and Lowry Markinen and Walker Kessler. And who's our fifth best defense player? Might be Talon. Like, who's our fifth best defensive player? It's not John. It's not probably, Ke- it's not Kelly. Probably, no, it's like Lucas Samanich. Like, I, it seems super extreme, but I do wonder. Our half-court defense, by the way, is 29th in the NBA. Washington's is worth. Washington's defensive numbers are historically bad. Thank goodness for Washington. Washington's allowing 126 points per 100 possessions. Never seen anything like it. Um, and 109 points in the half court. The league average in the half court right now is 95. We're allowing 106.7. So, I don't know. I mean, it's bad that I can't come up with our five best defensive players. Um, And is it, like, the other one? And this is like, okay, this is another really super good example of where I'm actually doing exactly what I said I was going to try not to do. Like, if Will does that, it's a pretty big, like, middle finger to the team. Which sounds cute until you have to try to coach and make progress for the next 70 games. And he's also a second-year head coach still, right? He's not Greg Popovich. He's not Doc Rivers. He doesn't have that kind of clout. So at some point, Will Hardy better me not be sending a middle finger to his team and try to humiliate them publicly in a fashion if he wants to try to get us to improve and take steps in the right direction over the next 70 games to lead this franchise to better days 240 days from now. So here I am doing exactly where I kind of said I will try to help you. And so maybe we walk through the process. Like part of me literally has been sitting here going like, okay, we're allowing 1.2 points in the half court. Like, what point do you just say, screw it? I'm starting only defensive players. And I only care if we just defend better because we're turning it over 22 times. We shot it really well last night. We turned it over 22 times. And I'm not usually a guy who worries about turnovers except for the fact that, like, 15 of them were live ball turnovers last night. And five of six to open the second quarter just ended the game. Uh, just totally deflated everything. I think the turnovers are impacting the off defense a little bit. But this is a good example. We're like, oh, this sounds good. We're sitting around talking, three uh, all of us chatting. Yeah, let's go to, like, literally I said this to somebody last night, so that's why I brought it up. Like, Dunn and Ochai. Let's just go Dunn and Ochai. Let's go our best defensive team. I literally do not know who our fifth starter would be. So Lowry, Walker, and I'm not sure who. And it sounds great. And it would send a message. And did it. you start getting into tick-for-tat messages with your players nine games into a season, and you're in a bad place. Like, you're, for what? What are you going to gain from that? Um, Like, none of us really think that, like, that lineup would actually work for more than just trying to give a signal. So you're going to have to bail out of that two or three games into it with some sort of other lineup that's actually where you're going, and now you've pissed everyone off because you've humiliated them. Like, that's the dance a little bit. That's a good example of where, like, hey, that's a nice idea by me, but it, 
kind of sucks. So hopefully that's insightful. I'm excited to spend the season with you, even if it is a season that is limited. With I, if you recall, by the way, I have always been one who thought 26 might have been the right answer this year, right? Like we talked about 26, 36, or 46 in all of my summer interviews with Sarah Todd and Thurl Bailey and um, Tony Jones. I was a 26 guy. I don't believe growth is linear. And I believe rebuilds actually start kind of the way we did where you have enough pieces left that you do a really, you play better than you expect. And a few years ago, Phoenix had this happen and then they got super excited about it. And then they torpedoed their franchise for like six years because of it and had to rebuild it later. So I'm actually fine if we go 26. And so I'm excited to actually bring it to you, make sense of it and chat with you. It's hard to watch our team that we love so much get run out of the gym in four out of eight games. I, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you on that. but um, And understand that the as much as you and I are going into the Indiana game, like, let's go win the Indiana game, there's a 240-game process that's taking place here or more. And there's a patience that's actually really, really smart that's going on. Have a great day. Thank you very much for being a part of Locked on Jazz. Thank you to the everydayers.